Like I said, uh, today will be the, the last day of our Sunday School series on the Psalms of Ascent, and we finished them up last week, so today will be more like a concluding type thing. I'm going to just give you a warning kind of right off the bat that we're going to be reading a lot of Scripture today. Part of that is because I've had a very long week with some chick, six children and things, but um, I'm not being lazy because reading Scripture is good for us, so we're going to be reading a lot of Scripture today. First of all, we're going to start off, we're actually, we're going to read through all of the Psalms of Ascent just as one continuous unit, okay? It's going to, it's going to take a few minutes, but it's worth the effort. So if you would, start off with Psalm 120. Over there, Psalm, Psalm 120, and we're just, I'm not going to read, not going to read any of the headings, just going to read the verses. We're just going to read through them. I think it'd be good because it kind of sees where we start out and where we end up and how this, you know, even though these Psalms are written by various, you know, a variety of men over a variety of hundreds of years, most likely, they all form a a nice cohesive thought pattern where we start low and we end up high on the ascent of God's worship. So to start off with Psalm 120, in my distress, I called to the Lord and he answered me, deliver me, O Lord, from lying lips, from a deceitful tongue. What shall be given to you or what more shall be done to you, you deceitful tongue? A warrior's sharp arrows with glowing coals of the broom tree. Woe to me that I sojourn in Meshach, that I dwell among the tents of Kedar. Too long have I made my dwelling place among those who hate peace. I am for peace, but when I speak, they are for war. I lift my eyes up to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Our feet have been standing within your gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem built as a city that is bound firmly together to which the tribes go up. The tribes of the Lord, as was decreed for Israel, to give thanks to the name of the Lord. There the thrones for judgment were set, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they be secure who love you. Peace be within your walls and security within your towers. For my brothers and companions' sake, I will say, peace be within you. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your good. To you I lift up my eyes, O you who are enthroned in the heavens. Behold, as the eyes of servants look to the hand of their master, as the eyes of a maidservant to the hand of her mistress, so our eyes look to the Lord our God till he has mercy upon us. Have mercy upon us, O Lord, have mercy upon us, for we have had more than enough of contempt. Our soul has had more than enough of the scorn of those who are at ease, of the contempt of the proud. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, let Israel now say, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side when people rose up against us, then then they would have swallowed us up alive when their anger was kindled against us. Then the flood would have swept us away, the torrent would have gone over us, then over us would have gone the raging waters. Blessed be the Lord who has not given us as a prey to their teeth. We have escaped like a bird from the fair of the snallers. The snare is broken and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be moved but abides forever. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people from this time forth and forevermore. For the scepter of the wickedness shall not rest on the land allotted to the righteous, lest the righteous stretch out their hands and do wrong. Do good, O Lord, to those who are good, to those who are upright in their hearts. But those who turn aside to their crooked ways, the Lord will lead away with evildoers. Peace be upon Israel. 
When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with shouts of joy. Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. We are glad. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like strings in the Negev. Those who sow in tears shall reap with shouts of joy. He who goes out weeping, bearing the seed for sowing, shall come home with shouts of joy, bringing his sheaves with him. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord who watches over the city, the watchmen stay awake in vain. It is in vain that you rise up early and go, to let, go, to, go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives to his beloved sleep. Behold, children are inheritance from the Lord, the fruit of the womb of a, of a reward, like arrows in the hand of a warrior, the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gate. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. You shall eat the fruit of the labor of your hands. You shall be blessed, and it shall be well with you. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your children will be like olive shoots around your table. Behold, thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. The Lord bless you from Zion. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. May you see your children's children. Peace be upon Israel. Greatly have they afflicted me from my youth, let Israel now say. Greatly have they afflicted me from my youth, yet they have not prevailed against me. The plowers plowed upon my back. They made long their furrows. The Lord is righteous. He has cut the cords of the wicked. May all who hate Zion be put to shame and turn backwards. Let them be like grass on the housetop which withers before it grows up, with which the reaper does not feel his hand nor the binder of sheaves his arms. Nor do those who pass by say, The blessing of the Lord be upon you. We bless you in the name of the Lord. Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. O Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my pleas for mercy. If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness that you may be feared. I wait for the Lord. My soul waits, and in his word I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than watchmen for the morning, more than watchmen for the morning. O Israel, hope in the Lord. For with the Lord there is steadfast love, and with him is plentiful redemption, and he will redeem Israel from all of his iniquities. O Lord, my heart is not lifted up. My eyes are not raised too high. I do not occupy myself with things too great and too marvelous for me, but I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with his mother. Like a weaned child is my soul within me. O Israel, hope in the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. Remember, O Lord, in David's favor all the hardships he endured, how he swore to the Lord and vowed to the mighty one of Jacob, I will not enter my house or get into my bed. I will not give my eyes to sleep or slumber to my eyelids until I find a place for the Lord, a dwelling place for the mighty one of Jacob. Behold, we have heard it in Ephrathah. We have found it in the fields of Jar. Let us go to his dwelling place. Let us worship at his footstool. Arise, O Lord, and go to your resting place, you and the ark of your might. Let your priests be clothed with righteousness. Let your saints shout for joy. For the sake of your servant David, do not turn away the face of your anointed one. The Lord swore to David a sure oath from which he will not turn back. One of the sons of your body I will set on your throne. If your sons keep my covenant and my testimonies that I shall teach them, their sons also forever shall sit on your throne. For the Lord has chosen Zion. He has desired it for his dwelling place. This is my resting place forever. Here I will dwell, for I have desired it. I will abundantly bless her provisions. I will satisfy her poor with bread. Her priest I will clothe with salvation, and her saints will shout for joy. There I will make a horn to sprout for David. I have prepared a lamp for my anointed. His enemies I will clothe with shame, but on him his crown will shine. Behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. It's like the precious oil on the head running down on the beard, on the beard of Aaron, running down on the collar of his robes. 
It's like the dew of Hermon, which falls on the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord has commanded the blessing, life forevermore. Come, bless the Lord, all you servants of the Lord, who stand by night in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands in the holy place and bless the Lord. May the Lord bless you from Zion, he who made heaven and earth. It was well worth it. So you could see where we start and where we ended, how the soul is lifted up, and how the heart should be prepared for the worship service whenever we arrive to Jerusalem, or in our Jerusalem, in our worship service on the Lord's Day now, our new Sabbath. And one of the points that I, I made, might have been the second, no, it was, it was, it was the very first, uh, first Sunday school lesson whenever we started this series. I said, you know, I gave those four theories, and if the fourth one holds th- true, which it most likely does, it's like these are the very songs that Jesus sang as he approached Jerusalem to carry out his, his um, covenant duties in the feast days, in the Feast of Booths, the Weeks, and Passover. So Jesus would be singing these as he traveled from Nazareth or wherever he might have been staying at the time as he approached Jerusalem for these feasts. When he was a boy, Luke records this in chapter 2, verses 41 and 42. It says, Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year for the Feast of Passover. So there's their covenant commitments to traveling the Feast of Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up, or they ascended, same word, according to custom. So they were likely singing these psalms on their way. Or then later on in Jesus' life, he and his disciples are going to Jerusalem just before his crucifixion. Remember, this is right before Passover. Luke, again, in chapter 19, verse 28, this is how he begins the account of the triumphant entry. Jesus' triumphant entry as he's coming into Jerusalem. This is how Luke begins it. And when he had said these things, he went on ahead, going up, or ascending, to Jerusalem. So I made this point then, I'll make it again now. Whenever we sing these psalms, whenever we recite them, whenever we read them, we're reading the very words, we're singing the very songs that Jesus would have been singing on the way to worship in the temple or on the way to be crucified. There's something, there's a very deep connection there between our spirituality and the same spirituality that Jesus was having whenever he was going to be crucified. So don't take that lightly. These songs, once again, would orient the worshipers to the very correct frame of worship to go worship in the temple. And this was the opening act, again, for the main events of the temple. Remember that the main, the main festival was Passover. This is the one that gets the most extensive treatment in the Old Testament and the New Testament. Sure, you had the commands to worship for the Feast of Weeks and the Feast of Booths, too. But really, the main one is Passover. Jesus is singing these as he's going to be crucified as our Passover lamb. Okay? He sang them as he ascended to take part as his, of his final Passover. So, it seems appropriate and incredibly providential in the timing that today we are going to finish our study of the Psalms of Ascent on the very same day that we are celebrating our new covenant Passover, the Lord's Supper. Wonderful, providential timing in that. I was very, whenever I was working this out, I was like, that's great. It's going to end up perfect. So we're going to read the account of the Lord's Supper right now. In Matthew 26, this is the account of Jesus establishing the Lord's Supper. After he had just got done singing these psalms on the way to worship. So in Matthew 26, Matthew 26, verses 17 through 19, and then we're going to skip down to 26 through 30. Matthew twenty six seventeen it says, Now on the first day of unleavened bread, 
the disciples came to Jesus saying, Where will you have us prepare for you to eat the Passover? He said, Go into the city to a certain man and say to him, The teacher says, My time is at hand. I will keep the Passover at your house with my disciples. And the disciples did as Jesus had directed them, and they prepared the Passover. Now skip down to verse 26. Now as they were eating, Jesus took bread, and after blessing it, broke it, gave it to the disciples, and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. The Lord's Supper here, it's a, it is a solemn, it's a recurring remembrance in the life of the Christian. It's something that should be held high. I come from a, a church that really didn't do that. It's my home church, which I still have very fond feelings for. But, you know, the Lord's Supper was really more of an afterthought. Well, we haven't done the Lord's Supper in a while. So it's probably about time to do it again. It's, um, that's not really the way I think it's supposed to be done. It's, it's a very beautiful time in the life of the church whenever you come together to share in the broken body and the broken blood i mean the spilled blood of jesus christ it's the it's the visual reminder that we have been given of christ for us not any other images of jesus the lord's supper is the visual reminder of that and so i think these the psalms of ascent as they prepared the worshipers to go up and worship in jerusalem for their passover for their remembrance of what the Lord has done for them whenever he drew them out of Egypt. The Psalms of Ascent, to this point, have been preparing us to partake of the Lord's Supper, like the points I've been making, to orient our hearts in the right direction, in the correct direction. Pastor Thomas mentions that every time. Take a moment of reflection to reflect the condition of your heart before you partake of the Lord's Supper. For he who does it is drinking and eating against himself, condemnation against himself. So the Psalms of Ascent can help orient yourself in the right direction to examine your own heart. The Lord's Supper reminds us once again that Jesus of his broken body and his shed blood for us. And then there's actually another collection of Psalms that Jesus and his disciples were likely singing during this time. This comes from uh, Jewish tradition, but most Christian commentators pretty much unanimously agree that this was the case too. Um, and this, if you notice, I'm sorry, I didn't finish up my passage of the Lord's Supper here whenever that I meant to. So I meant to go through verse 30. I stopped at verse 29, but in verse 30 of Matthew 26, it says, And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Okay. So the question then arises, what exactly was this hymn? We can't be completely 100% sure, but it's very, very likely that this hymn was Psalm 118. So Psalm 118 actually forms another collection of psalms, like the Psalms of Ascent, that are called the Hallel Psalms. And these are in Jewish tradition. These psalms were sung each day of Passover. So starting in Psalm 113, starts these Hallel Psalms. And, and Dirk actually, he, he, he spent a, a few minutes talking about this whenever he was talking. He spent his eight weeks in Psalms and their unity. And these are this group of Psalms that are the Psalms that, and he, he made this point too, that they would sing during Passover, during the days of Passover. And so it's very likely here that Jesus actually went out and his disciples went out and sang Psalm 118 while they, after they finished the establishment of the first Lord's Supper. 
So another thing that I wanted to do, and I told you we'd be reading a lot of scripture today, I think it would actually be a good practice for us to actually read all of the Hillel Psalms too. We're not going to spend any more time singing those or anything. I thought about singing Psalm 118 today, but like I said, that would have involved singing about 20 verses of Amazing Grace or something else that's in common meter like that, which would have been fine. But I'd actually already written Psalm 50 that you've gotten now and I've already collected that. So we'll do that one in a minute. But I think reading through all of these Hillel Psalms to kind of see exactly what they were singing as they're going through this Passover time is actually a good idea. So we're going to do that right now. Read Psalms 113 through 118. Praise the Lord. Praise, O servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. From the rising of the sun to its setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised. The Lord is high above all nations and his glory above the heavens. Who is like the Lord our God, who is seated on high, who looks far down on the heavens and the earth? He raises the poor from the dust and and lifts the needy from the ash heap to make them sit with princes, with the princes of his people. He gives the barren woman a home, making her the joyous mother of children. Praise the Lord. When Israel went out from Egypt, the house of Jacob, from a people of strange language, Judah became his sanctuary, Israel his dominion. The sea looked and fled, Jordan turned back, the mountains skipped like rams, like the hills like lambs. What ails you, O sea, that you flee, O Jordan, that you turn back? O mountains that you skip like rams, O hills like lambs. Tremble, O earth, at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the God of Jacob, who turns the rock into a pool of water, the flint into a spring of water. Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name give glory, for the sake of your steadfast love and your faithfulness. Why should the nations say, where is their God? Our God is in the heavens. He does all that he pleases. Their idols are like silver. Their idols are silver and gold, the work of human hands. They have mouths but do not speak, eyes but do not see. They have ears but do not hear, noses but do not smell. They have hands but do not feel, feet but do not walk. And they do not make a sound in their throat. Those who make them become like them. So do all who trust in them. O Israel, trust in the Lord. He is our help and he is their help and their shield. O house of Aaron, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. You who fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. The Lord has remembered us. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless those who fear the Lord, both the small and the great. May the Lord give you increase, you and your children. May you be blessed by the Lord who made heaven and earth. The heavens are the Lord's heavens, but the earth he has given to the children of man. The dead do not praise the Lord, nor do any who go down in silence. But we will bless the Lord from this time forth and forevermore praise the Lord. I love the Lord because he has heard my voice and my pleas for mercy, because he inclined his ear to me. Therefore, I will call on him as long as I live. The snares of death encompassed me. The pangs of Sheol laid hold on me. I suffered distress and anguish. Then I called on the name of the Lord. O Lord, I pray, deliver my soul. Gracious is the Lord and righteous our God is and righteous our God is merciful the Lord preserves the simple when i was brought low he saved me return o my soul to your rest for the lord has dealt bountiful bountifully with you for you have delivered my soul from death my eyes from tears my feet from stumbling i will walk before the lord in the land of the living i believed even when i spoke i am greatly afflicted i said in my alarm all mankind are liars what shall i render to the lord for all his benefits to me I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. O Lord, I am your servant. I am your servant, the son of your maidservant. You have loosed my bonds. 
I will offer to you the sacrifice of thanksgiving and call on the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people in the courts of the house of, in the courts of the house of the Lord in your midst, O Jerusalem. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, all nations. Extol him, all peoples. For great is his steadfast love towards us, and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. And before I go 118, pay close attention to this one because Jesus goes out, he sings a hymn, and then immediately he's going to be crucified. So Jesus, Jesus knows this too. He's not a surprise to Jesus. So as he's singing this, he knows that he's about to take on the sins of the world. So kind of keep that in your mind as we read 118. And this is what Jesus is saying, even in the midst of all that. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. First of all, Jesus says that and full wholeheartedly believes it as he's going to endure the wrath of the Father. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Let Israel now say, his steadfast love endures forever. Let the house of Aaron say, his steadfast love endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord say, his steadfast love endures forever. Out of my distress, I called on the Lord. The Lord answered me and set me free. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? The Lord is on my side as my helper. I shall look in triumph on those who hate me. It's better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. It's better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. All nations surrounded me. In the name of the Lord, I cut them off. They surrounded me, surrounded me on every side. In the name of the Lord, I cut them off. They surrounded me like bees. They went out like a fire among thorns. In the name of the Lord, I cut them off. I was pushed hard so that I was falling, but the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. Glad songs of salvation are in the tents of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. The right hand of the Lord exalts. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. I shall not die, but I shall live and recount the deeds of the Lord. That's powerful right there, first of all. That's an an allusion to his resurrection. I shall not die, but I shall live. The Lord has disciplined me severely, but he has not given me over to death. Also powerful. Open to me the gates of righteousness that I may enter through them and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord. The righteous shall enter through it. I thank you that you have answered me and become my salvation. The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. And there we go. That's explicitly stated in the New Testament about Jesus. This is the Lord's doing. It's marvelous in our eyes. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Save us, we pray. O Lord, O Lord, we pray, give us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We bless you from the house of the Lord. The Lord is God, and he has made his light to shine upon us. Bind the festal sacrifice with cords upon the horn of the altar. Jesus knew he was talking about himself there. You are my God, and I will give you thanks to you. You are my God, I will extol you. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. It opens and closes the same way. Jesus is going to be crucified, and he is singing, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, and his steadfast love endures forever. It's crazy. Only the Son of God could do that. And so just keep that in mind as we remember our sacrifice today. And then I wanted us to conclude and then reflect upon another psalm that points to some elements of the Lord's Supper and then asserts this psalm that God has something to say in our worship services. So over to Psalm 50. This will be, this will be the last passage of Scripture. We sing <laughs> psalm 50. Psalm 50. 
<clears throat> We're going to read this one through too. Psalm 50. The mighty one, God the Lord, speaks and summons the earth from the rising of the sun to its setting. Out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, God shines forth. Our God comes. He does not keep silence. Before him is a devouring fire. Around him a mighty tempest. He calls to the heavens above and to the earth that he may judge his people. Gather to me, my faithful ones, who made a covenant with me by sacrifice. The heavens declare his righteousness, for God himself is judge. Hear, O my people, I will speak. O Israel, I will testify against you. I am God, your God. Not for your sacrifices do I rebuke you. Your burnt offerings are continually before me. I will not accept a bull from your house or goats from your fold. For every beast of the forest is mine, the cattle on a thousand hills. I know that all the birds on the hills and all that moves in the field is mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you, for the world and its fullness are mine. Do I eat the flesh of bulls or drink the blood of goats? Offer to God a sacrifice of thanksgiving and perform your vows to the Most High. And call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. But to the wicked God says, what right have you to recite my statutes or take my covenant upon your lips? For you hate discipline and you cast my words behind you. If you see a thief, you're pleased with him, and you keep the company of adulterers. You give your mouth free reign for evil, and your tongue frames deceit. You sit and speak against your brother. You slander your own mother's son. These things you have done, and I have been silent. You thought that I was, like, I was one like yourself, but now I rebuke you and lay the charge before you. Mark this then, you who forget God, lest I tear you apart and there be none to deliver. The one who offers thanksgiving as his sacrifice glorifies me. To one who orders his way rightly, I will show the salvation of God. So this, this may, not be a, a, it may not be obvious, the connection to the Lord's Supper here, but I'll get to it in a minute. But first of all, I wanted to say something about something that I'd, I'd read a couple weeks ago, and it's very good about how God has something to say in our worship services, and this is what this psalm is, is really about. So I'm going to read something from, it's, it's fairly lengthy, but it's well worth the effort again. It's by a guy named Jacob Gerber that I read on um, the Reformation 21 blog a couple, couple months ago. This is him commenting on Psalm 50. He said, God speaks through his word to convict us of our sin, and we respond with prayers of confession. Continuing to the dialogue, God responds to us from his word with an assurance of his pardon through the blood and righteousness of Jesus Christ, and then we respond again with praise, but this time to the praise of God's grace, mercy, and work of redemption through Christ. Back and forth the dialogue goes until all the way to the end when God gets the final word by his benediction in which he puts his blessing and his name upon his people. So he's explaining the worship service, the call to worship, and then the dialogue that goes on in the, in the middle, and then the benediction where God puts his blessing upon his people. We talked about that a little last week. Psalm 50 stands in a, as an enduring witness to this reality. The mighty one, God the Lord, speaks and summons the earth from the rising of the sun to its setting. That's the first verse. Then from all these nations of the earth, God particularly calls his covenant people to gather to him. Verse 5. The psalm is filled with imagery and language from the Mosaic covenant, including Sinai-like fires and storms. Verse 3. Then echoes the Shema from Deuteronomy, which says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Verse 7 says, Hear, O Israel, I am your God, I am God, your God. Importantly, God has not appointed worship to be some social mixer for his people to mingle, network, and share their ideas. Rather, God convenes his people for the specific purpose of judgment, that he may judge his people. Once the people are gathered, the king and the judge declares his purpose of their assembly. Hear, O my people, and I will speak. O Israel, I will testify against you. So every Lord's Day when we gather for worship, God summons us 
to judge us in three ways. Then he goes through those three ways, but God summons to judge us, which I'm going to skip over for time's sake here. And then while we worship, while every worship service is a real judgment according to God's word, it's only a dress rehearsal for the final judgment. When we gather each Lord's day as God's covenantal people, our Lord renders his judgment in order to give us an opportunity to repent. That's verses 22 through 23. How then do we order our way rightly? After God speaks, then he speaks of judgment, then he speaks of his gracious, comforting words of the gospel. He quotes John 14. In worship, God gathers to judge us and then to declare that for all of those who have trusted in Christ, his judgment has been satisfied on the cross of Christ. It's the, root, the root of the gospel is God's word of justification through faith alone in Christ alone. Through the preaching of the gospel and the assurance of pardon, God declares this gracious word of forgiveness and righteousness for all of those who trust in Christ. So what the Lord now declares through his ministers every Lord's Day, he will finally, publicly, and personally confirm on the last day by the final declaration of the Lord Jesus Christ who comes to judge the living and the dead. So this day of judgment is indeed coming that we should be talking about with our friends, family, and neighbors. Our worship services, however, are something altogether different from these conversations. Rather, our worship service, God summons us to dialogue with us about these things. Our God comes and he does not keep silent. So it's just a a reminder of how solemn and lifted high the worship services are whenever we gather together as a corporate people to worship God. He comes and he judges and he judges his people righteous because of Jesus Christ. It's something completely otherworldly. Come into the presence of God in a special way. And then I said I was going to try to connect this back to the Lord's Supper. So first, I want, to, I, want to, I want us to consider two verses in this psalm. Verse 14 and then verse 23. I'm going to read those two again. Offer to God a sacrifice of thanksgiving and perform your vows to the Most High. And then verse 23. The one who offers thanksgiving as his sacrifice glorifies me. To, to one who orders his way rightly, I will show the salvation of God. And just a quick note, these are very similar to something that we just read in those Halal Psalms. In Psalm 116, verses 17 through 19, it says, I will offer to you the sacrifice of thanksgiving and call on the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. So it get two, two sacrifices there mentioned. Sacrifices of thanksgiving and vows. So those are two sacrifices. These two very specific type of offerings that are described here, the offerings of thanksgiving and the offerings of vows, Leviticus 7 explains that these two are specific types of peace offerings. So if you think back to Leviticus, you have all the descriptions of the different types of sacrifices and offerings that are made at the tabernacle or the temple. These two are specific types of peace offerings. And the interesting thing about peace offerings is that these were the only types of offerings where the person bringing the animal, the worshiper, actually ate some of the sacrificial animal. So in all the other ones, the priest would eat or the Lord would consume with fire. But in the peace offerings, especially the the thanksgiving offerings and the vow offerings, the family that brought the animal would partake of the animal too. Those are the only ones that that would happen in. So the primary function of the peace offering was actually to eat a meal with God understanding that God is the one who has given you this animal and he's offering, you're offering it back to him as a as sacrifice of thanksgiving and offering your vows to him. So God is the host of the meal. And also anyone that's needy is invited to attend the peace offerings too. 
So 1 Corinthians then goes on to show that this is, this is one of the basic meanings of the Lord's Supper. It's a remembrance, it's the visual reminder of Jesus' work, but it's also God hosting a meal for his people, for us to remember that God has indeed blessed us with all things. So we come to worship today. As you come into it, as we do the Lord's Supper, you savor the entire experience of what it is, from the call of worship to the Lord's Supper, to the preaching, the praying, the praising, the singing, and the Lord's Supper concluding our service today. This is, this is what it is. Savor the whole experience. Today is our weekly pilgrim rest. We've been through a pilgrimage on the Psalms of Ascent, just like those pilgrims going to worship. Today is our weekly pilgrim rest. God has come to judge us. If you're one of his people, he judges you righteous because of Jesus Christ. And today especially, we enjoy the meal that God has provided. For as Jesus says in John six thirty five, he says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. So, let's finish off the series by singing one last song to both ourselves and our God. I'm going to sing the, the one that we just read, Psalm 50. <laughs> so there are nine verses here, but they are well worth it. I'm going to be singing them to the tune of This Is My Father's World. Oh, God.
Amen.